this game's underway. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my Set God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Thursday, October 19th. We are set for two, two playoff games tonight in the ALCS. We've got the Astros and Rangers, the nightcap at 8 o'clock. We'll get to that game shortly. Heaney and Urquidy on the mound for the Astros. Heaney on the mound for the Rangers. That's game four. Rangers lead 2-1. And then the early game... If you're in Arizona tuning in to Payoff Pitch, which is presented by BetMGM, it's a 2 o'clock start in the desert. Brandon Fott takes the rubber for the D-backs. Ranger Suarez for DeBundo's Phillies. Philadelphia leads the series 2-0. First pitch Eastern time at 5 o'clock. We're here every weekday. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for Payoff Pitch. So we'll have two games tomorrow, right? We'll have two more games tomorrow to preview. Very good. So two games tomorrow with Tanner and Charlie. And then... uh. Check out actionnetwork.com, Action Network app for all of the latest on the written side to take you through the weekend. But we'll focus on Thursday. Debundo, I'll go to you first. Are you are you going to be non-biased and come back in on Brandon Fott and the Arizona Diamondbacks? Because this price, D-backs are now plus 105 on the money line. Phillies minus 125. So that price has come down a bit for the Phillies on the money line. And there's some Diamondbacks money, it appears, coming in. Yeah, and I agree with it. You know, uh, before the series, Sean and I talked about, you know, projecting this series out, talked to some other people, and pretty much all of us were in line with the first two games. The the, the line was right, that Philly should be at this number, you know, the minus 150, um, 60 in game one, and then, you know, right around the same again in game two, a little bit tighter in game two. And we agreed with that, and the market was right. And now, all of a sudden the Phillies are a pretty significant road favorite uh, in this matchup. Now there are, there's a plus 115 out there on Arizona Phillies as high as minus 135 at some books coming into the series. This was the most even game for me because when you looked at uh, the, the difference in the starting pitcher quality, there's really not much uh, Brandon fought and Ranger Suarez. Look, I know there's, there's, you know, Suarez has been cold blooded. He's been very good in the playoffs. He's induced a lot of weak contact in his playoff career he pitched really well in the world series pitched well against the padres in the cs and had two really good outings against atlanta you know throwing uh you know twice through the order in those starts but when you look at his numbers and his command profile i think there are some matchup issues for him here he got a lot of chase from the braves the braves were pressing they were clearly feeling the pressure uh especially once they were down 2-1 in that fourth game i thought especially albies and uh, and Olsen had some really bad swings against Suarez where they were they were taking stuff out of the zone. Now, this Arizona lineup, lowest swinging strike rate in baseball this season and the fifth, you know, fifth lowest chase rate. So they're not going to be overwhelmed by the stuff that Suarez has because Suarez doesn't really have overpowering stuff. He's generally somebody who who kind of nibbles, who induces weak contact and gets through with that. But you know, is that going to work against this more patient lineup against Wheeler and Nola when Nola had his best stuff on, on uh, in game two and Wheeler was throwing 97 and they were filling up the zone. That's a much more difficult matchup. And I think that there's been this overrating of the Phillies now in the market for this game, because we just, I mean, if you just turn on the games, you would think they're the greatest team that's ever been assembled. I mean, they've hit 
19 home runs already in the playoffs. And they've played six uh, of their eight playoff games at Citizens Bank Park. And everybody keeps talking about how great the noise is and how intimidating the crowd is and how hard it is to go to Philly. Okay, well, now they have to go on the road. Uh, so that is a little bit more of a challenge. And the pitching, I mean, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have also started six of the eight playoff games the Phillies have played this year. And that makes a huge difference when both of those guys are top frontline aces who are mm-hmm. throwing really good stuff and commanding the ball at an elite level. So I think there's just a, a really big pitcher drop-off here that the market just isn't really accounting for because everybody just expects the Phillies to keep trucking along because they have you know momentum and they're hot and and they're the hot team right now. Well, and, and Arizona is- threw their best arms in the first two games, too, and couldn't come away with the single win in Philadelphia. That play, plays a part, I'm sure, too. The air is out of the balloon a bit for the Diamondbacks. That's what the public perception may be, DeBundo. Yeah, I think that's fair, but let's let's compare the stats, right? So Brandon Fott, since coming back up to the majors in July, uh, has a 4.22 ERA with 73 strikeouts in 70 innings and just 16 walks. That's a pretty pretty good number. He's given up a good number of homers, and that's certainly going to be an issue for him against this Phillies lineup today. But let's compare that to Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez, last 57 innings since July 21st. Uh, 57 innings, 57 strikeouts, 23 walks, so a considerable higher number of walks, and a 4.58 ERA. So he has not actually pitched as well. And if you go to the modeling numbers, the stuff plus that we talk about, uh, you know, fought in the second half of the season since coming back up, 102 stuff plus 106 location plus uh, Suarez stuff, you know, grades out below average. Uh, I, I think it misses something on his changeup, but it, it, it's a, it's an average profile for, for Suarez. So I think you can project these pitchers about even the Philly has the better lineup, but again, with home field, this is a coin flip game for me. So, you know, plus plus one fifteen on Arizona is worth a bet for me. You've seen some of the, uh, the sharper books come down pretty hard on Arizona today. Uh, and I, I, I agree with the movement. So, you know, in a coin flip game, you give me plus 115 recency bias. Uh, I'm going to take the snakes, uh, only a small play for me, because uh, maybe the market hasn't caught up to how good and locked in this Phillies lineup is. But I think that there's real chances this is 2-1 going into game four, where the Phillies then again have the advantage because Arizona does not have a starter. By the way, I mentioned mentioned off the top, uh, shout out to Bundo is in the Action Network baseball Discord channel the other day. Uh, those of you that jumped in yesterday, uh, courtesy of our audio director, Matt Mitchell, he, he asked a bunch of you, if you listened to the podcast yesterday, to jump into the Discord and type the phrase stuff plus. Stuff plus. Mm. And congrats to the people that did type out the phrase stuff plus. If you haven't joined already in the Action Network Discord and the baseball channel, come on in. It's free. It's fun. And maybe DeBundo and Tanner McGrath, who's also here, will be chopping it up during today's games uh, with the five o'clock start for Phillies and Diamondbacks. DeBundo's there. DeBundo's having a, a blast in there, uh, giving picks to the people. And there was some very nice commentary from the people in there. So if you're enjoying the Discord channel, thanks for being in there and being engaged with not only the Discord, but also the podcast. Hi, Tanner. Um, your angle for Phillies Diamondbacks totals at nine. And as we discussed, there's some, it feels like some sharper play coming in on the D-backs to, they're going to get a win in the series. It's got to be tonight, right? Yeah, and you know, uh, Anthony mentioned, you know, he makes this closer to a coin flip game. I disagree on him. I think the snakes are the right side as gross home dogs when Zerillo makes the snakes a, you know, minus 110, minus 115 favorite ballpark pals up at like minus 130. I hate this game because I really dislike both starting pitchers, but I'm on the snakes in the first five and the full game. I like the first five more. And the reason why I like the first five more 
is that I think fought has a good matchup today. And I'll try and lay out my case here. Look, the stuff has never been an issue for him. It's always been the hard contact. His batted ball profile is a mess. But in his two playoff starts, he'd had just a 39% hard hit rate, an 85-mile-per-hour average exit velocity, um, 24 batted balls, only a couple barrels, like two. And he was actually even a little unlucky. A 320 average allowed, but only a 275 expected batting average. So that's encouraging stuff. Also, uh, you know, his location metrics improved a lot as the season progressed. Uh, He walked only one batter during the um, two playoff starts. I think his command looks a little better. Fott has this like high arm slot with like a really whippy release. And one pitch that he really whips in there is his sweeper. Best pitch. It's a 118 stuff plus on the sweeper this year. Um, His best pitch by run value, by swinging strike rate was 19%, by average exit velocity, really everything. It was his best pitch. I think he can spam sweepers against the Phillies who had the sixth worst um, expected weighted on base average against sweepers this year, the fifth highest whiff rate, a top 10 chase rate. Um, Trey Turner struggled against the pitch this year, only a 170 XWOBA. Harper at 220, Castellanos and Schwarber at 230. And he doesn't really have platoon splits with that pitch either. Um, against lefties compared to righties, his expected uh, WOBA actually goes down and his CSW rate actually goes up. So he can battle Harper, Schorber, Stott, Marsh alongside the righties. Another thing, you know, Fott has never pitched against the Phillies, so he has that advantage. And, you know, I was even looking at some props for him. Uh, you know, our he, his strikeout props at 3.5. Our Action Labs um, project that fair line at 4.5. Ballpark Pals model is at 6. He's cashed over 3.5 strikeouts in like 12 of his last 13 starts. Um, obviously the big problem there is that we only expect him to pitch like 50 to 55 pitches, you know, I mean, who knows if he, his outs prop is 11 and a half, who knows he gets over over it. Mm -hmm. But another one you could look at too is under one and a half walks, which is less scary because of the potential pitch count. Like I said, his location has been better. He hasn't walked more than one batter in his last six appearances. One thing you look at with uh, walk props is ball percentage, which is, you know, how many balls do you throw as a percentage of total pitch? Thank you. Pitches. Um, 34.2% on the year, 28% over his past four starts. Uh, he managed 30 strikes on 42 pitches against the Dodgers. Uh, something like that, you know, if you like over 11 and a half outs, which I know BJ Cunningham's on per the Action Network app, you can try the strikeouts. If you like under, you can take the walks. Both are a bit juiced. If I can find a, a decent price, I might fire on that. So make sure you follow me in the action app. But back to this game, um, Anthony talked about it. I don't know if I really trust Ranger Suarez. Uh, I think he is slightly overvalued after you know dominating the Braves, um, really just crushing it in his postseason career, a 1.16 postseason ERA and seven starts. But, you know, he's a sinker baller, and the Snakes made a lot of contact against sinkers this year. As Anthony alluded to, they made a lot of contact against everything. Um, But they had the second lowest strikeout rate against sinkers. Uh, They had a below average ground ball rate, too. They walked a lot. And Ranger did give up five earned runs against them over 12 innings this year. Uh, Christian Walker and Kettle Marte combined 11 for 30 against them lifetime with three extra base hits. I saw Charlie Desterko is on Walker's bases and Homer per the Action Network app. It's so tough fading the Phillies because they're so good, but they're definitely overvalued. The Snakes are the right side here because I think that Fott offers a 
unique advantage that isn't factored into the market. And now that I've said that, he will get shelled for six runs in the first inning. So the thing with Fat with me is Tanner, you're so down on yourself. It's okay. The Dodgers series is behind us now. It's a new week. It's a new appearance for you on payoff pitch. You're here tomorrow. That's not a good tone to set for yourself on your next two appearances of the show. You're right. I'll be more positive. But don't, but see, you can be positive, but don't, don't call them getting punked. There's a, there's a middle ground here you can find, I think. Go ahead, DeBundo. Yeah. So the fat usage is the big question, right? So if you want to bet his props, you got to consider like, how much is he going to pitch in this game? I would be genuinely shocked if he faced Kyle Schwarber three times. Uh, And I think that's the matchup they're trying to avoid. Uh, he has had some decent platoon split problems this year. Like lefties have kind of crushed him. And so, and that's when what happens when your sweeper is your best pitch. And so like Schwarber batting lead off and Harper in the three hole, I think he's like pretty hard capped at 18 batters. So with that under consideration, especially considering we have not yet seen uh, Kevin Gink- Ginkle in this series. We have not seen Paul Seawald and we have not really seen Andrew Salfrank who, paid, who threw one pitch to Bryce Harper and got him out in game two. So their three top most trusted relievers right now have not pitched. Castro pitched one inning in game one. So I think that, you know, the D-backs were down and out pretty quick in game two. They didn't use any of their top arms. Right. So I expect to see Castro, Sal, Frank, Ginkle, and Seawald behind and ready to go in this game. So Lavolo down 2 nothing has to manage this more aggressively than he maybe normally would. And we even saw against the Dodgers where Fott faced and did really well those first two times with the order. And Lavolo didn't even consider letting him face Mookie and Freddie a third time. So I think that that, you know, he's hard capped at 18. Can you get 12 and 18, uh, 12 outs? I think you can. Uh, the Phillies are a pretty aggressive lineup. They're going to swing early. So it's not about the pitches. It's just about, you know, how badly do they hit him? Uh, right. And, you know, I know they've hit a bunch of homers, but like you said, you know, the fought walk to strikeout numbers have improved enough that I think I do trust him. So I would certainly lean to the over on fought outs. I also like the Ranger Suarez over one and a half walks at plus 110. Uh, you know, Suarez walked one guy in his uh, outings against the Braves, uh, but that was, again, a much more short, shortened outing. I think there's a very real chance that Rob Thompson pushes Suarez here. Uh, I talked already about, you know, his command issues and how inconsistent they've been, how much the Diamondbacks don't chase. They also don't whiff a lot. So if he's in the zone, they're going to be able to foul off pitches, foul off pitches, foul off pitches, wait out the balls that will come for Ranger. When Rangers had problems, it's because he can't get the put away pitch and he keeps getting into these deep counts and eventually misfires and has walk issues. So if you pull up just, you know, his general game log this season, uh, you can see some walk concerns. You know, his last outing of the season, 4.2 innings against Pittsburgh, two walks Uh, against the Mets. He had two walks in five innings. Against the Cardinals, he had four walks in six innings. He had three against the uh, Marlins in six innings. He had two against Milwaukee. And then he had three against Minnesota, two against Washington, two against Miami. He has not had less than two walks in a full start since July. Uh, and so, you know, given the matchup and given this the, the fact that I think the leash is a little bit longer because the Phillies are up 2-0, I like Suarez over one and a half walks uh, plus money. That's my favorite pitcher prop. I'll have a piece up. Uh, later today on the Action Network with my favorite pitcher props, which I'm going to discuss on the show anyway. So if you want to also read what I have to say, you can do that uh, on the app and on the website. Yeah, a lot of good points there. I think, like you said, in the 10 nothing game two days ago, it was just mop-up duty that felt like a dog days of summer kind of bullpen day for Arizona. So their high leverage arms are available. 
neither of you have discussed the total. And I think you've made points as to why you don't want to touch it because of the free swinging capabilities of both of these teams that can go one or two ways. They can chase early and not put the bat on the ball, or we could get what we got the other night and the, and the Phillies keep crushing. I will say the Philadelphia Phillies team total. If you bet it at bet MGM, let's see, you can get under four and a half runs at minus one Oh five. You can, push it up to five and a half runs under minus 165. And then it gets a little inflated as far as the juice. Um, but thoughts on bad at ball profile is keeping me away from the total or team totals just because yeah. I, I think he's a little high variance. Like he's either going to really pitch well and really get a sweeper across for strikes or he's going to get crushed. And I don't really know which one. So I'm staying away from the total, but again, I think he has a good matchup. So I'm favoring him. Payoff pitch presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go to Astros and Rangers. We've got Andrew Heaney, who we hypothesized could come out of the bullpen for Max Scherzer in game three. That was not the case. The Rangers didn't go in that direction because Heaney's going to start in game four with Houston leading 2-1. And then it's Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros, who's pitched pretty well uh, in these playoffs. Uh, total sits at nine and a half. Sean Zarillo's on the under nine and a half runs. He said he'd bet it to minus 110. It's at minus 115 at bet MGM. Rangers on the money line, minus 115. Urquidy and the Astros, minus 105. There's some slight juice on the Rangers in the first five for the money line. DeBundo, what direction do we want to go in for the nightcap with the Rangers leading 2-1? Astros back in this series with an 8-5 win last night. Yeah, there's a few things. So the first thing is that uh, the Urquidy fastball and the way it plays matches up pretty well for Texas. They're, they're, they like this matchup and they've, they've crushed a lot of these similar kind of fastballs uh, in the past. So that's one concern for Houston, for Texas. Uh, you know, how do they play this? Because, you know, we said, even when it was two zero, you know, Sean and I discussed this on Tuesday, like they're not out of this series. Cause I think they have the pitching advantage in game three and four uh, because their bullpen depth is, is better. And that's where this comes into play. They have a chance to even the series tonight. Andrew Heaney usage is where I'm kind of targeting this matchup. So his outs prop is set at 11 and a half, even money at BetMGM right now. I like the under anything, even money is fine with me. Uh, you know, Dusty tweaked the lineup. He put Brantley in the two hole and pushed Tucker down to six. That was facing Scherzer. And they, you know, he based it off of Brantley having a lot of career success against Scherzer. Yep. Tucker has not hit in the playoffs. He did have three walks yesterday. I think that's an encouraging sign for Tucker, uh, you know, working better at bats, getting on base when you're walking, then you tend to hit as, uh, as I think, I think Bryce Harper said that uh, in the past. So, you know, walks tend to for both. I would do what he says too. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, he's a decent hitter, but the reality is that I think Dusty goes back to the normal lineup. You know, we're recording this at, you know, 1030 in the morning. We don't have the Astros lineup yet. They're the night game, but I think it's going to be Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Abreu, Tucker. They'll split the lefties, move, keep Tucker in the five hole, potentially push Brantley back down the lineup. Uh, either way, whether he pushes Tucker or not, I don't think you're going to see more than one lefty in the first four batters. They're going to load up with their normal front four. 
And thus, uh, you know, Heaney gets the first time through, then he gets to the top again. And I think he goes until Tucker the second time. And then I think he's out. I think there's a real chance he only faces 14 batters. I think there is no chance he faces more than 18 batters. Uh, and so, you know, at 14 hitters at 11 and a half as the outs prop, you got to assume he's really, really efficient. I like Heaney as fastball stuff, but the home run problem is always lurking. And I think that the, uh, you know, Bruce Bochy, as much as he's an old school type manager, he's aware of it too. And so I think they have to manage this game really tightly. They can be more aggressive with their bullpen because they didn't have to use any of their highest leverage arms last night. Uh, because mm-hmm. they were down and they have Montgomery tomorrow. So I think this is like the all hands on deck game for Houston, for, for Texas. So I think there's going to be a quick hook for Heaney under 11 and a half out. The only bet I've made for this game. Okay. And that market for Heaney, not available at bet MGM. So shop around to find a line for him as DeBundo mentioned, he's already on it. Um, let's see. Jose Abreu, four home runs in his career against Andrew Heaney, Jose Altuve, who went yard last night, two home runs. Nine home runs for this lineup against Andrew Heaney. Tanner, do you have a play? Oh, go ahead, Debunda. You had something that, to Yeah, that's up. the thing, too, right? Like, Abreu's success. If he's the 13th hitter, does he get more than Alvarez twice? I mean, it's a very real possibility that Dunning or a high-leverage righty is waiting for the in the fourth inning uh, or the fifth inning um, there. So, Or even the third inning, depending on when it comes. So uh, that'll be the manage, management decision. Tanner, we've discussed throughout the week. DeBundo's been here for this. We mentioned just previewing. And then yesterday when we discussed Astros and Rangers, like what's Texas doing going to Max Scherzer? BJ was all over this. So was Charlie Zarillo. I think the whole company was. But Max Scherzer wasn't sharp and it's allowed Houston to get back in the series. But is there an angle here for the Rangers uh, based on DeBundo's analysis? If he's got the under on Heaney outs, that could be problem. Uh, problematic how do you feel about this spot here for the Astros with Urquidy pitching and, and can the Rangers with Heaney on the mound despite the fact the Bundo's on his under outs is there an angle here to play on the Rangers to go up 3-1 so I think that we're gonna get uh, like a, a Heaney maybe Dane Dunning Ranger bullpen game I kind of think that's yeah. how they play that and I that kind of makes me like the Rangers if they refuse to flip the order over more than twice I think that gives them a slight advantage um you know Heaney was good against the Astros this year a 2.75 ERA across 20 innings and you know um Anthony mentioned it, it he could probably see Jordan and Kyle Tucker twice which could be good actually, because he's kept both relatively quiet. Uh, Jordan is four for 14 with only one extra base hit against him. Uh, a few walks, but his slugging is low. Uh, Kyle Tucker's one for 10. So if Jordan and Tucker could be held at bay here, that could, you know, provide a decent advantage, at least in the first half. Dunning had a complete blow up against Texas in September. So that scares me. But as Anthony mentioned, um, Urquidy, you know, his fast, his fastball plays well for Texas. And, you know, he allowed nine earned runs across 17 innings and three starts against Texas last season. Five came on the homer. Uh, Semi went yard twice. Seager had another. Adelise had another. Yep. Um, the Rangers is supposed to sixth friendliest home run park in the bigs per stack ass park factor. So I'm not going to say he's like immune to the long ball, especially since he allowed two in five and two thirds against Minnesota in the divisional round. And another thing about this matchup is we talked about bullpen usage um, with the three straight games thing. You know, Ryan Presley, Brian Abreu, and Hector Neris threw a combined 50 pitches last night to preserve the win. Uh, Jose Leclerc, 
uh, um, Chapman and Josh Sabores didn't. So also, I think the Astros are maybe a bit like juiced in the market. Uh, you know, some tickets are rolling in on them, maybe 60-ish percent. I think a lot of people, maybe a lot of the public look at this game and say, you know. Yeah, I'll Astros give it to you right now. 80, 80% of the bets, 66% of the cash coming in on Houston. Yeah, I think that's people saying, oh, the Astros, quote-unquote, backs are against the wall. And so maybe we're getting a Rangers lineup that is crushing everything a little bit cheap. I mean, they made last night a game after Scherzer pretty much screwed them. I haven't bet it. I haven't bet the Rangers yet. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing if like more Astros tickets roll in as the day goes on and then buying back on the Rangers. Maybe it gets down to like 110. I kind of doubt that happens because I think it started to move the other way. Uh, Zarello makes Texas like minus 115 ballpark pals like minus 125. So if I got the right price, I think there's solid edge on the Rangers who I think have a decent matchup advantage. I would, you know, just follow along in the action network app to see if I do end up firing at any point. Yeah. Below minus 115 is a bet for me on Texas. I don't think Heaney under outs is necessarily correlated to the Rangers doing poorly. Uh, I think that if you're playing this right, you know, Heaney throws the first 14 batters and then Dunning comes in to face all the righties at the bottom of the Houston lineup, whether it's, you know, McCormick, Pena, uh, Dubon, if he's in there and Maldonado, and then he faces Altuve Bregman. And then you bring in a lefty in that fifth inning, whether it's Will Smith or even Chapman as early as then, maybe the sixth for Alvarez and Tucker again. So I think that you can play this the right way and, and kind of use the Astros lineup against them and, and have an optimal pitching plan. I don't know what the Houston optimal pitching plan is because JP France is the likely guy behind uh, or Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown has been terrible the second half of the season. He looks like he's out of gas. He's not been effective, giving up really bad quality of contact. And look, JP France pitched behind in game two behind Framber. He threw a couple innings and they hit three balls to the warning track. So they had a good read on France too. So I, I don't know how Houston gets the outs here today um, to get to their top guys. And you, like you mentioned, their top guys as dominant as I like, I love those, those top three guys as dominant as they are, they all did pitch yesterday. So it is a back-to-back uh, Brian Abreu allowed his first run, I think of the season yesterday, I think it was 31 straight outings, not allowing a run until yesterday. So he, you know, that streaks over, but back-to-backs for all the big Houston guys. And I kind of think they need them. So that, that will be interesting to watch. But yeah, Texas is a buy for me uh, south of 115. Right now, I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, and I actually think that liking the Heaney under outs makes it makes me like the Rangers more. I mean, you right. know, if Boshi aggressive, the, uh, sorry, manages this a little more aggressively, that makes me like the Rangers more. Shorter leashes, you know, don't let guys go too long and get into trouble against, you know, a really dangerous Astros lineup. Very good. Jose Urquidy and his career against this Rangers lineup as currently constructed has allowed it to, this is to Tanner's point over the years, seven home runs of their 17 hits. This lineup has against him in his career, seven via the long ball, three home runs from Marcus Simeon. So uh, the home run problem, uh, not good for Urquidy. Okay. I think that's it. We've got uh, Tanner's back tomorrow with Charlie Disturco. And we'll be set for, we'll get a game five in Texas between, in Arlington, between Houston and Texas. I'm just, it's a popsicle headache. I'm ready for the World Series. I want this series to be over. Just get the geography all screwed up. And then uh, we'll get Phillies and Diamondbacks game number four uh, tomorrow. So we'll have two games to preview as well tomorrow on Payoff Pitch. Good stuff, gents, for Debundo. 
and Tanner, Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast. More coming on Friday, October 20th. We'll preview two more games. Best of luck today, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.